Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 19. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We don't like persecution. We don't like a great disturbance because we're Christians a great commotion because we're Christians. But the reality is, is there will be persecution when you become a Christian. You know, Jesus promised persecution. Now, I know that's hard to hear, but Jesus promised persecution. He said, in this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good courage because I have overcome the world. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 12 says, yes, All who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer, what saints? Persecution. I don't know why, but that is not one of those promises that we lay hold of. Oh, I'm into the promises of God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. That's me. To them that love God who are called according to his purpose. We love to lay hold of those promises of God. But how come I never hear anybody quoting? Yes. All who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We say that's them. That ain't me. This is a promise. There's going to be a great commotion about being a Christian. If you're a Christian, you can expect it. There's going to be heat. There's going to be fire. But don't you allow Satan to back you into a corner and to silence your mouth. I thank God for Paul. He was willing to suffer persecution. As a matter of fact, check this out. The day that Paul got saved, God told him, Paul, I'm saving you to show you the stuff that you're going to have to suffer for my namesake. God told him that the day he became a Christian. What if God told you the day you became a Christian? Well, look, I know you're in Christ and all, you know, you're in me and all, you know, but uh, I want you to know the day that you give your life to me, you're going to suffer. You'll be like, God, thanks, but no thanks. You're going to suffer. And I think God, Paul was willing to suffer for Christ because of his suffering. We are saved. Not because of his redemptive power, but because of his willingness to suffer to get the gospel spread. If you understand, say amen. Amen. Huge. Huge. So Paul is in this city. He's in the city of Ephesus. Now, if you're taking notes, a Bible student interested, 
Ephesus was a city that was populated with approximately 300,000 people. And it's in the city of Ephesus that is located the Temple of Diana. The, the, the statue, the goddess, the Temple of Diana. This temple in Ephesus was one of the seven wonders of the world. The Temple of Diana, some of your Bibles, it says Artemis of the Ephesians, same name. It's in this city, give me your attention, that the Ephesians felt that the Greek god Zeus fired down this bl- big black rock, a meteorite, onto the city, into the city, and the people took that big black rock meteorite and they erected a statue of Diana. It was a multi-breasted statue. In your Bible dictionaries, you can look up the picture and you can see it. It's pretty ugly. Multi-breasted, and that was to speak of the fact that Diana was one who would feed and nurture the city. And so they erected this statue of this grotesque goddess, this temple of Diana. So that's the statue. Now, they also erected a temple in order to have a place to put the statue. This temple of Diana was 426 feet long, 222 feet wide, 127 pillars that were 60 feet high. I tell you that to tell you this. 2,000 years ago, that was a pretty impressive sight. And so these silversmiths, are you listening? These silversmiths would make these little silver images of the temple and, and, and of Diana and they would they would they would put this little little temple and put a little image of Diana in it and and they were made of silver rich people would buy the silver ones and poor people would buy the clay ones as souvenirs so when you came to Ephesus you would go to the souvenir shop and you would buy Diana in a temple on a keychain something like that And you would take the keychain souvenir. And it's not like Disneyland stuff. I mean, that, that stuff you buy at Disneyland is Disneyland stuff. This stuff they worshipped. So they would take the little temple Diana and they'd take it into the big temple. And they would have it blessed. And they would have it anointed. And then they would take it home and keep it in the house for good luck. Needless to say, saints, listen, these silversmiths were making a killing off of these little souvenirs. And so Paul comes by with the message about Jesus. And when Paul comes by with the message about Jesus, listen close. The problem here is Paul is now messing with their money. And y'all know how folks get when you mess with their money. And so a riot breaks out. Now, this is the second time in the book of Acts we see the Gentiles causing a riot. Acts chapter 16, perhaps you were with us. You remember the demon-possessed girl in Philippi who made her masters a lot of money. and, And Paul cast the demon out. And now this girl wasn't worth anything to anyone anymore. And it started a riot. And here in Ephesus, the silversmiths, their money is being messed with. And what do they do? They call a a meeting for the local silversmith union. Chapter 666. 
And they get together and they have this union meeting and they say, listen, our money is in danger. Listen, saints, you know, I'm looking at the news. Have you realized, have you, have you noticed in Washington today, on the floor, there are more special interest groups today than ever before. Have you noticed that? And the thing is that, you know, a lot of these special interest groups, they, they, they try to get you to believe that what they're doing is, is, you know, well-intended and, and for the economy or for the environment or whatever it might be. When the reality is, saints, listen, the bottom line is the almighty dollar. The bottom line is the almighty dollar. And yet the Bible tells us at the same time that we know these things, the Bible tells us as Christians, listen, that we are to pray for the king. We need to pray for our government. We need to pray for our legislature. We need to pray for those in governmental authority. And I hate to preach sermons like this because, quite honestly, I don't really pray as much as I should. And I'm trying to remember, and perhaps I will after this sermon because I feel really convicted right now. (laughs) But we're to pray, the Bible says, for the king, not pray if you like the king. Say amen, y'all. Y'all know where y'all know where I'm going. Oh, I just don't like him. I didn't vote for him. I didn't want him in office. Well, whether you like him or not, voted for him or not, the Bible tells us Christian folk to obey God's word. And part of obeying God's word is to pray for the king, even if you don't like him. Hey, listen, when that was stated to pray for the king, guess who the king was at the time? Nutty Nero. He was a sick megalomaniac who was persecuting the church. And yet the Bible says that we are to pray for our king and pray for revival in our nation. Amen, saints? And pray, I love that song, Revive Us Again, because we need revival not only in the church, but first of all in our hearts and then in our nation. Amen, saints? We need revival. You know, I read this story some time ago, and perhaps you've heard it, but I want to read it again. Listen to this. It was a prayer given at the Kansas Senate at the opening session of the Senate. Listen to this. When Minister Joe Wright was asked to open the new session of the Kansas Senate, Everyone was expecting the usual generalities, but this is what they heard. True story. He said, he prayed, Heavenly Father, we come before you today to ask your forgiveness and to seek your direction and guidance. We know your word says, woe to those who call evil good, but that is exactly what we have done. We have lost our spiritual equilibrium and reversed our values. We confess that. We have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it pluralism. We have worshiped other gods and called it multiculturalism. We have endorsed perversion and called it alternative lifestyle. We've exploited the poor and called it lottery. We have rewarded laziness and called it welfare. We have killed our unborn and called it choice. We have shot abortionists and called it justifiable. We have neglected to discipline our children and called it 
building self-esteem. We have abused power and called it politics. We have coveted our neighbor's possessions and called it ambition. We have polluted the air with profanity and pornography, and we've called it freedom of expression. We have ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. Search us, O God, and know our hearts today, and cleanse us from every sin and set us free. God, and bless these men and women who have been sent to direct us to the center of your will and to openly we ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus, the living Savior. In Jesus' name, he said, amen. Don't you love that? I love that. Love that. And I praise God. And I praise God for men like that who are willing to take a stand and be a witness. Thank God Paul didn't say, you know, people say today, well, religion and politics, well, that's just personal. Well, that's just between you. No, no, it isn't. Jesus told the Christian to go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus settled it all. Religion, Christianity, God, Jesus Christ, the Bible is not personal. I'm glad I'm the only one to agree with that. Thank you, Lord. Amen, Amen, saints. It's not personal. It's not personal. We need to be a witness. See, that's Satan telling you it's personal so you can keep your mouth shut and don't share the gospel. It's the only life-changing thing we have, guys. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. It's a living word of God. It's not personal. So the money is the bottom line in our government today. And money was the bottom line with these silversmiths as they're upset because someone is touching their money and a riot breaks out. And notice in verse 26 in your Bibles, notice in verse 26, Paul is persuading, they said, and turning away many people saying that they are not gods which are made with hands. No, they're not. Listen, If you make your God, you should be God. If you can put your God away, you should be God. They are not gods. Paul is stating a fact. They're not gods of uh, uh, gods that people can make with their hands. And David said the same thing. In Psalm 115, David said they have eyes, but they don't see ears, but they don't hear feet, but they can't walk hands, but they can't handle. They can't reach out and touch. They're not gods. And notice Paul goes on. I want you to see something here in our text. We just read it. I want you to see something here. Paul and make a statement, state a fact here. Paul is not preaching against Diana. This is very important to understand, saints. Paul is not preaching against Diana. Paul is not preaching against Artemis. What Paul is doing is Paul is simply proclaiming the truth and it's affecting all of Asia. Paul is proclaiming the truth. Paul is preaching the truth. And what's happening is that there is less demand for the false. 
You see, the supply is the same. The demand is lessened. The supply is the same. There are plenty of little silver Diana gods and temples on the shelves. The supply is the same, but the demand is changing because the hearts of the people are changing because Paul is not preaching against Diana, preaching against Artemis. He's preaching the truth of the gospel, and it's the truth of the gospel that's changing the hearts of people. If you understand so far, say amen. Amen. The truth of the gospel, saints, listen, if you don't like what's going on in a certain area of politics or any other area, the thing to do is not protest. The thing to do is not to go to the White House lawn and, you know, we protest, we protest, we we protest. that's That's my protest march, you know, we protest. That's not the thing to do. The thing to do is preach the gospel. The thing to do is preach the truth of the gospel and the hearts of the people will then change. And if you do that, listen, it won't be the first time it's happened in history. We know from the 1800s, listen to this, during the revivals with Charles Finney, listen to this, there were actually places... In the 1800s, there were actually places where entire police departments and precincts had nothing to do but form singing quartets because there was no crime being committed. Probably ate a few donuts too, but I love you. If you're a police officer, please don't rest me after service, really. It's just a joke. Listen to this. There were actually judges during the 1800s, the revivals. There were actually judges who were considering resigning their judicial seats because they had no cases to try. In Wales, there are documented newspaper accounts of how tavern after tavern, club bar after bar went out of business when the revivals hit. Breweries went out of business because the people didn't want to drink anymore. Listen, the supply was the same. The demand was lessened and the people didn't want to drink alcohol anymore because they now wanted to drink of the living water, which is Jesus Christ. Paul's not spending his time and his efforts preaching against Diana. He's preaching the truth of the gospel because it's all about Jesus. See, Paul understands that if we can preach the truth of the gospel, some of this bad behavior and these things that are going on in the culture will come to a grinding halt. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that makes the change. You see, that's why with my brothers and sisters who are Baptist and Pentecostal and, 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 and Methodist and Presbyterian, you know, people want to find out so often, you know, what denomination are you? And the reason they want to find out what denomination are you, because in their minds, the world has this view to find out what your denomination is so they can determine what you believe based on what they understand. And the world looks at the church as the divisions come in what we disagree on. The divisions come in where we divide. And so people, well, the Baptists believe this. Well, the Pentecostals believe this. Well, the Methodists believe this. Well, the Baptists, you know, well, the, the, the Baptocostals, well, they believe that. Well, then the Calvary Chapels, well, they believe that. And people look at the church in the areas of what divides us and what separates us versus, hey, I don't care 
what denomination you associate yourself with. I don't care if you're Baptist, Pentecostal, Baptist, Calvary Chapel, Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, whatever you might be. I want to know what you believe and understand about Jesus Christ. Amen, saints. And that is the thing that unites us as a body. That's the thing that makes a brother a brother in what they believe about Jesus. Not because they believe that, you know, you get dunked and when you, when you come up then you're saved. I don't care if you believe that. Listen, when, when we get to heaven, God will show you I'm right. I don't care if you believe that. And you're wrong. I don't care. what you. I mean, you can believe whatever you want to believe. But the thing that we must all believe in what the Bible has to say about the one person, Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody once said it like this. We're not called to be defainers. We need to be proclaimers of the truth. Listen. The deal with darkness, what do you do? You turn on the light. Walk in the room, oh, it sure is dark in here. Well, you know what? Let's beat up the darkness. Hopefully we'll get some light. How about this? Go over to the wall and turn on the switch. You deal with darkness by turning on the light. The truth of the word of God. So Paul's preaching of Jesus is what caused the people not to buy the idols. Very important. And when Paul said this in your Bibles, we just read it. They began to cry out. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And the whole city was filled with confusion. They grabbed Gaius and Articus, men of Macedonia, Paul's buddies. And Paul said, hey, I'm the guy they want. Let me go in. But the disciples wouldn't let him. And some of the officials said, Paul, you shouldn't go into the theater. Look at verse 32. You're still with me. Say amen. amen. So therefore, some therefore cried one thing. Notice this. And some another for the assembly was confused. And most of them did not know why they had come there together. That's hysterical to me. It's like you got this whole mob mentality going. You know, greatest Diana of the Ephesians and everybody's yelling and there's thousands of people there and they're all excited and half the people don't even know why they're there. Greatest of Diana of the Ephesians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One guy looks over another. Hey, why are we yelling, man? I don't know. Me either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greatest. This is mob mentality. You know what I mean? It's just like they don't even know why they have come. And they drew Alexander, in verse 33, out of the multitude. The Jews putting, in verse 33, putting him forward, and Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. And when they found out that he was a Jew, all with one voice cried out for about two hours, great is Diana of the Ephesians. Can you imagine listening to that for two hours? It's like, oh, shut up, <laughs> please. This is driving me nuts. When the city clerk, that's the mayor guy, had quieted the crowd, he said, men of Ephesus, now listen at this. What man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Zeus, I told you, 
Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar. There being no reason which we may give an account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. And then, guys, you know that chapter and verse is not a Holy Spirit thing. It's man placed chapter and verse in the Bible for easy read so that we could read it easily and understand it. So then chapter 20, verse 1, goes with chapter 19, verse 41. When they had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. And after the uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciples to himself. And notice he embraced them in verse 1. And he departed to go to Macedonia. So we know, listen close. We know that in chapter 20, verse 1, Paul says goodbye to the church in Ephesus. And he will not see this church again, although he will spend some time with the elders because he's going to be on an island and he's going to ask the Ephesian elders to come over later on in the book of Acts and talk to him about some things and he's going to share his heart with them. But for now, he will not see this church again although he will see the elders again soon. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.